Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. Um, in this episode, we'll be looking at The Preserving Machine. The Preserving Machine uh, was first published in Fantasy and Science Fiction in June 1953. Uh, you can find it in the first volume of the Collected Stories, uh, usually these days published as Paycheck and other classic stories from Philip K. Dick. Um, so uh, let's just get right into it. This is a story about preserving knowledge and how knowledge can be preserved. And it's kind of picks you. It's our one, some of our first taste of Dick's fascination with classical music and his interest in, in I guess, high culture and opera. Uh, he, of course, he has a big fan of, of John Dowland and other kind of early, early modern and classical music. So anyways, our, our story begins with this guy, Dr. Labyrinth, and he's worried that human civilization will collapse, quote, going the way of Rome. Um, now, Dick had a really big fascination with Rome. An idea he plays with a lot later in his life is the, the, the Roman oracle, the Sibyl. He also talks about Rome never falling and this idea of empire. And actually, that's we've already seen that in previous stories as early as stability, this idea of the rise and fall of empires and the fate of collapsing empires. Here, it's a direct comparison with Rome. So our, our main character doesn't want human civilization to collapse. He wants to see knowledge preserved. So he develops a machine. He, he imagines up a machine that will preserve music, particularly music. That's the interest of our hero here, to preserve music in the genetic material of animals. And so this leads to this device he imagines called the preserving machine. He sends this idea, this concept to different scientists and engineers. And finally, a Midwestern university takes him up on his plans and his ideas and develops the, the machine or develops, you know, starts to do these different experiments. The first experiment with this preserving machine is, is to try to preserve Mozart's G minor quintet, which I just, uh, which I started this episode playing a bit of. And what happens is the machine takes the music and transforms it into an animal or into a, a, a creature. So what the machine produces is a bird that looks like a peacock. They do an experiment with a Schubert piece that turns into a sheep. Beethoven music turns into a beetle. And so there's different, based on, I guess, the character of the music, you get a different creature coming out of it. Now, while some of the creatures are supposed are surprising they seem to conform with some of the feelings that the music inspires so you have a Stravinsky bird that's made up of curious fragments and bits so Stravinsky's music is is modernist it's jarring it's it's not so modalic it can't it's not sing songy so you get this kind of more fragmented weird thing so what happens is these animals go out and then they change over time they sort of evolve into new con as with new conditions so these new species, these musical creatures, um, they change over time. The evolution is very rapid because it's a short story. We don't have a lot of time to make the point, but um, the evolution is rapid. And Labyrinth realizes that the music is an, ex that is an expression of beauty and can survive the biological struggle for survival. So as these creatures struggle to survive, they have to adapt. They have to evolve to maintain the struggle for, for, for survival. So the experiment's a failure. These creatures... Uh, you know, can't survive in their current form. Uh, instead, they have to change. And so you can't have pure music surviving in this Darwinian struggle for survival. 
So what they do is they actually take some of these change creatures, they, and I think it's the Bach bug they take, put it back in the machine to see how the music was transformed by the evolution. So they kind of reverse engineer the, the evolved Bach bug. And what comes out of it is this horrible distortion without any meaning. So Labyrinth despairs that human culture cannot be artificially preserved, at least not in this kind of um, biological entities. So that's the whole story. Um, what can we do with this? It, it's very short. Um, but it has some interesting ideas. I like the idea of transforming knowledge into genetic material. It sounds a bit familiar to me, so I think I've seen it before. Um, certainly it has transhumanist implications. Uh, if we can take knowledge and directly transfer it into genetic material, or at least directly transfer it to the mind, I think this idea you have in transhumanism or in cyberpunk of, you know, putting languages directly into people's heads so they can speak a different language. This kind of the, the technology human or technology biological gap, we can reduce that and have kind of a transfer between the two. That's kind of interesting. Um, now, Dick, again, gets evolution wrong, like he did in the infanties, because um, here we have individual creatures evolving. Um, it's not that these the Bach bug reproduces with other Bach bugs to create a, a population of evolved Bach bugs or, or transform, I shouldn't say evolved, but transform Bach bugs. That would be how evolution works. Here we have individual creatures because the preserving machines doesn't create populations of these things, they create individuals. And so these individuals evolve, but you know, whatever. Let's not worry too much about that. He's just playing with an idea. Um, but with, of course, with Dick, what's more interesting is always below the surface. So let's get to that. Um, Dr. Labyrinth's concern about the fate of human cultures is not an uncommon sentiment for Dick. Um, we're almost, and it's not uncommon in general culture either. We, we're always on the brink of a dark age, according to someone, right? And Labyrinth is just the next in a long series of doomsday speakers who says, you know, this current generation doesn't appreciate culture. They're completely lost. And therefore, we need to preserve culture. I'm thinking back when I was in college, this book came out, Morris Berman's, wrote this book called The Twilight of American Culture. And in that book, he talked about, you know, he, he says it's so important that we preserve culture because this new generation, they're not learning and we're entering the dark age. And he actually talks about we need to create a new generation of monastic cultures that can preserve the American tradition the same way the early medieval monks preserved the classics from the barbarism of the of the dark ages. You know, until people were ready, until the Renaissance would pick them up again. Well, I don't know what that was. Um, some some disaster anyways moving on um labyrinth is this very fatalistic in the story quote that his musical creature should survive could be nothing to him anymore for the very thing he had created them to prevent the brutalization of beautiful things was happening in them before his own eyes end quote so this idea that culture is being brutalized being destroyed you know, I, I suppose Labyrinth is the kind of guy who would listen to Nicki Minaj or Taylor Swift and say, oh, despair, culture's done for. It's a barbarism, you know, as if, you know, Taylor Swift does not, does not have value. I, I happen to think that contemporary music has lots of value. I also like opera, so I'm, I'm not one of these prejudicial um, observers of culture. Of course, we have this association of the preservation of culture with high culture. Uh, Labyrinth only cares to preserve classical music. Uh, he doesn't care about preserving the Beatles. 
of course, I guess his story was written before the Beatles, but he's not preserving, you know, jazz musicians or anything like that. Um, and in his view, it's high culture that's corrupted and become degraded. Low culture, perhaps is not good enough to even preserve or worry about. Um, well, what about electronic reproduction? Dick worked in a record store early in his career. In fact, when he was publishing his first stories, he was working in a record store. So he must have thought a lot about electronic reproduction. He had an understanding of what Walter Benjamin observed about the transformative effect of mechanical reproduction. Benjamin argued that while reproduction of art and music allowed the masses to consume art, it also destroyed that aura, right? The famous aura of art and music in its non-reproduced form. Any of us can have the Mona Lisa in our house, right? But we don't have the Mona Lisa. We don't have that. So it's still valuable to go see the Mona Lisa in the Louvre. But any of us can have it there. So is it that much better? Well, what you're missing in your home with the reproduced version is that aura. Um, it seems to me that the least you can say about mechanical reproduction is that it makes the destruction of human culture less likely if done properly and with, without, with, with care. It's very unlikely that we're going to lose Mozart. Is it? You know, I suppose a nuclear war could, could destroy a lot of our culture, but there's still going to be a CD of Mozart around somewhere, right? It's, you, it's almost impossible now to destroy Mozart, I would think. Uh, same thing with books. And we have institutions that, that actively try to preserve knowledge, like the movie database, the movie, the National Movie Registry. We have libraries that work very hard to preserve music. We have online reproduction and, and electronic reproduction now. So what's the chances of human culture being lost? I, I think it's quite slim. And that kind of dates the story a little bit. Books clearly have greater preser preservation potential than the Internet. You know, we have libraries that vaults of books in, in libraries, university libraries. The corruption of beautiful things comes about because the creatures the preserving machine created have to live in a fallen world. So is Dick saying that the beautiful really cannot survive in a world as it is? Uh, does art become vulgarized just by living in a fallen world? Now, Dick's musical taste did not conform to the trends of 20th century music. He didn't like it, uh, obviously, and this story seems to suggest that certain music is better than others, uh, not just popular culture being denied, but you know, he makes the Stravinsky bird look odd because he doesn't seem to like Stravinsky's music. His description of the horrible music that comes from the evolved animal shares characteristics of modernist music. Quote, it was distorted, diabolical, and without sense or meaning, perhaps alien, disconcerting meaning that should never have been there. End quote. This is exactly how critics responded to a lot of modernist music. Conservatives looking at modernism critique modernist music in this way critique Strauss, Stravinsky, and others in this way. So I think Dick might be exposing a little bit of his prejudice against modernist-style music. Anyways, that does it for this very short story. It's got some interesting ideas, though, so I urge you to, to look at it. It's not really the most memorable of Dick's works. It doesn't really explore themes that come up a whole lot in, in later stories, but you know, the, certainly the decline of empire and decline of culture does. Uh, the idea of preserving culture is fascinating. I think we want to think about the, you know, electronic reproduction and what that means for culture. It certainly makes it a lot more available. Any of us can listen to an opera anytime. We don't have to pay for the ticket. Uh, I think that's really the de democratic, uh, almost revolutionary result of electronic reproduction of music and culture. 
Anyways, that does it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, rate, subscribe, comment. You can contact me at 100pagescast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, in future episodes, we'll be starting a little bit ahead of schedule, starting Solar Lottery, starting Dick's first novel, mostly for a change of pace. I, I will be roughly chronological, but I think I'm going to fit in sufficient some novels into the thread um, just because there's so many stories before he publishes first novel. I, I think it'd be good to mix it up a little bit. So I, I pretty soon will be starting Solar Lottery, but before that, I'll have a few more stories, I think. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.